0: If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, today on the What's In My Head podcast, we got Jacob Hopkins, the voice of Gumball Watterson. Sir, how are you?
1: I'm doing fabulous. How are you doing, man?
0: Oh, fantastic, man. This is uh, real fun. This When I set out to do this podcast, there was a few shows that I actually got input from my son to make sure to try to get people on. <laughs> um, and this is one we connected over. I had stopped watching cartoons probably around 2009, 2010 um, because everything just looked the same. Right. And I'm a huge cartoon guy. If you can't tell, there's just a whole bunch of,
1: Oh yeah. No, there's like that. the team NT Batman. Oh yeah. yeah, So many Funko pops like me. Yeah. I just have them all.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it was, it was really weird. And he brought this one up and he was probably five or six. It was before you took over. Um, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, so he's four or five, somewhere around there. And we started watching this, and I have never laughed harder without the help of marijuana at a cartoon in my life. <laughs> um,
1: oh, that's awesome, man.
0: How – how was it just a call from your agent? And you're like, hey, you want to play gumball? Or did, have you watched gumball at that point?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a pretty, like – it's a it's a long story there's a lot to go with it so i started acting when i was five Jesus. but voice act and i'm 18 now yeah but voice acting i didn't get into until i was 11 um and i had grown up loving cartoons um and they were basically my childhood mm. and when i signed with a voice acting agent and got into that field of acting the very first audition slash gig that I got was gumball and (laughs) yeah, it was crazy. Just like how everything just lined up. It was, it was so bizarre. And I was of course like freaking out because I, yes, to answer your question, I was a huge fan of gumball beforehand. Um, Logan Grove was, uh, I was his understudy pretty much going through this process. Um, And what was even crazier was when I auditioned, usually an audition is like you audition. And Mm -hmm. then if they really like you, you go in for a callback. And then the next step would be like a chemistry read where you would read with other people auditioning and then you'd get it. But usually that process takes about maybe like a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, But this process took about two months. Um, So I auditioned and then I went in for the callback and then the, um, the casting uh, agency were like, all right, we, we really love you. Like they knew at the time that I was going to be the guy, but what they wanted to see me do is like really show them Mm -hmm. what I was capable of. And that being said, what I ended up doing was recording snippets of episodes full episodes, episodes that have never even been seen, treatments, which are scripts that haven't been turned into script format. They're just, like, new ideas that they were just writing in, like, paragraph form. And it was, like, two months of that. And doing... All, and during that time, I had signed with um, a singing coach to help, like, smooth out my voice and make it stronger and, like, increase the range of my voice. You know, just make it better for voice acting. Yeah, And and when I was doing this, I started out, um, not necessarily copying Logan, but just sort of like learning the personality of Gumball. Um, and during those two months, I realized that taking over such an iconic role doesn't necessarily have to do with how well you can, um, sort of appropriate that personality, but make it your own. Yeah. So, so I realized that, this is just something that I got to use my personality going into as well. I can't just like study Logan every single day, you know? So when, when I ended up getting it, when I officially got the role gumball um, started to transform, he, he still kept that sarcastic, fast talking, witty nature about him, but he became more musical, Mm -hmm. more expressive and that was just a new flair that I had brought to the characters. So we started, starting in season three, which is when I started, we did a lot of songs. There was a lot of uh, songs that were incorporated into it. And a lot of the characters started singing a lot. Yeah. And that was sort of a trend. Uh, uh, what year was that? It was like maybe 2014 or 2015 mm-hmm. around that time. That was sort of the trend of Cartoon Network. There were a lot of shows that were incorporating songs and were kind of becoming like slash musicals. Um, and so that was something that I had brought into, uh, the life of Gumball Watterson. And, uh, and I did it for seasons three, four, um, I would say half a five. Um, and I had a blast. It, it was, it was truly no pun intended. Well, probably, <laughs> but it was truly amazing. There we go. <laughs>
0: hey, well, I, I like a good pun, especially when it comes up, you know, uh, very, very casually. I, I like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is going to, I guess it's going to be a culture shock or, you know, th- there is a huge age gap in what I watched and grew up on cartoons, what you grew up. Um, Cause you said you're 18, correct? Yeah. Right. This is Christ 2002. I mean, yeah. what, what <laughs> cartoons did you grow up with we'll start there.
1: Okay. So I actually do want to say that I did watch the eighties teenage mutant Ninja turtles, um, the cartoon I did. I I have the VHS tapes. Um, Rob Paulson as Raphael, who I actually saw you had on your show. Yeah. Incredible. Um, And now he's Donatello.
0: Yeah, that's cool. It's insane (laughs) how, how, not only is it insane that he came back for 2012, but the fact that they had the foresight because they they didn't do this back in the day. You didn't have, you know, I think it kind of started with John Wesley Shipp when he played Flash and then they bring him Mm. as Barry Allen's dad. Um, in the flash series which is is like it's a nod or a bow to what came before and you don't really see that and then they did it with the ninja turtles which was fantastic i wanted him to play raphael so bad um but sean astin of course uh you know destroyed that role as well he's fantastic in that role. yeah he's really good um but what were some of the other ones that you brought you so you brought up the ninja turtles
1: yeah so like the ninja turtles um i actually did like now that i'm remembering there were a lot of like more classic cartoons that i grew up on as well as like what was out at the time um there was he-man i remember um i had like uh it was like the remastered hd like they were on dvd but it was still like the original episodes um there was dragon ball which i grew up heavily on i remember watching that on nicktoons and then later it was on Cartoon network and then adult swim so i would like keep track of like where it would go favorite, favorite. and uh yeah yeah, yeah. Favorite, and favorite um character. oh what was that
0: what was your favorite character from uh, it was my favorite
1: character okay um i would say vegeta oh. but i i when i was a kid when i was a kid i was like gohan um because like i was like go a kid i'm a kid he's cool yeah. i relate to this uh but growing up yeah vegeta slowly but surely um what else man there was chowder on cartoon network there was johnny bravo oh of course spongebob oh man so like i was i was really heavily influenced by cartoons and i had grown up idolizing these cartoons um there's gravity falls there's so many so many um and i and i knew like even at a young age like i i wanted to do this like this is this is the
0: dream basically do you, do you feel the same, same like fulfillment that you would? Cause you started out as a very, very young and you're still really young, but a very, very young child actor. And, you know, you were in front of a TV screen and then you kind of transition and you're doing voice acting. Do you feel the same kind of fulfillment at, at, like spiritually, emotionally, or however you want to do it professionally um, that you did on either side of the camera?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's always sort of the same, um, Yeah, that is a good way to describe it. A fulfillment. It's, it's like a sense of accomplishment Mm -hmm. um, of, because people forget acting is an art form. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's a part of the arts and it's, it involves a lot of your own creativity, um, your own wit, intelligence, personality, however you want to perceive it. And you have to use these skills and your own insight to create a character and and auditioning is already cool enough. But when you land a role, that's, that's really where the, the fulfillment comes in. And I, and I get that behind the mic, in front of the camera, because um, they, are, they are different. You know, they're, they, it requires different, uh, I would say there's different technicalities, different skills. Um, there's like working the mic, working in front of the camera. Camera has a lot to do with your body. Um, the mic has to do a lot with the quality of your voice. But in the end, it's acting and it's art and it's fulfilling your creativity. So I would say definitely, yes, there is a sense of fulfillment for sure.
0: Now, when, when you were doing the voice acting for Gumball, you obviously said a lot of singing. Um, is yes. that something that you kind of because you said you had to go and get training or, you know, just to build up your voice, your range. Um, when you're doing that, is that does that improve or, you know, extend your uh, your stamina for for singing, or is it still just it takes a toll on you?
1: Um, you're talking about like how how singing coach like lessons incorporates into voice acting, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: like would it just extend your stamina, or would it what would it help you with?
1: Oh yeah, it helps with everything that has to do with voice acting. So singing um, to be like a really good singer, or um, just in general, just to be a singer, you have to. Um, have range. You have to have developed tone in your voice, um, really good breath control, and all of that incorporates into voice acting. Because, like I uh, touched on earlier, there are differences between working in front of the camera and working behind the mic. So when you're behind the mic, it's just all focused on your voice, and you have to, you know, speak clearly so people know what you're saying. You have to have really good breath control so you don't run out of breath while you're speaking because for example, Gumball talks incredibly fast and yells a lot, so you have to have really good breath control. Um, you have to like know Gumball. What I said yells a lot, so you you have to know like the certain way to yell so you don't really damage your vocal cords. It comes from your diaphragm, your gut, instead of your throat, your chest, um, and all of that. I learned from singing, from singing uh, my singing coach, and or her, yeah. Her, yeah. Her name is Joan. Um, and yeah, and she pretty much taught me everything I know, technically wise, like how to work the mic, how to do voiceover, pretty much.
0: What was the hardest thing for you to kind of get a grasp on when you started training with her?
1: i would say the breath control um well i was younger when i started i was 11 when i got gumball so my range was already where it needed to be it was young youthful high-pitched raspy yeah. but the breath control is something that takes a lot of training and it's something a lot of people don't really think about when they think of voiceover um and i remember there were certain exercises that i had to do like um i would and i still do them to this day um but i would like breathe in like as deep as I can and then sing out a note and hold it for as long as I can. And I remember, um, going up the scales of a piano doing each note, doing that. And I remember by the end, like my lungs would just be so sore and exhausted because it's like expanding your lungs and then you have to constrict them. But then afterwards your lungs would be super strong and you would find yourself not running out of breath as fast. It's like, uh, it's almost like swimming, right? Because mm-hmm. when when you're a swimmer and you you swim for a long time, you have amazing breath control because you're using your lungs, like all the time. Um, that was definitely really really hard when I started out, um, but I got the hang of it. You know, I I, I worked I worked really hard <laughs> doing the stroll. Man, come ball was super difficult because uh, like there's just so much there, There's like minus the personality, like you have to bring hundred and ten percent and everything else including his like really colorful array of personality
0: <laughs> now when when you're voicing a child or a you know a younger than an adult you know obviously your voice is going to change because of puberty getting older and all this other stuff if you smoke you drink you don't take care of you're obviously going to sound different um is that something that they come and tell you guys like hey this might be you know temporary we might have to you know switch it up and change you out or is that something you find out like damn it your voice got too deep you're gone (laughs) you're out of here kid i mean what is that really like
1: well i mean it happened with logan um Logan Grove and when I took over I knew that uh it would happen to me one day. Um but I didn't really think about it a lot when I was doing the role. Um I think I did it for about like 4 years. Yeah. Um and then around the 4th year is when my voice started to kind of change. Mm-hmm. And you know the and I was like oh I know it's coming. <laughs> it's 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 the time. And you know they told me, you know, hey, it's 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 going to be that time it's coming. Mm-hmm. So what I ended up doing, I was like, you know what? I know it's coming. I know it's inevitable, but I'm just going to keep doing it for as long as I can. I remember doing my singing lessons with my coach, like even more, like I doubled it and I was able to keep the role for eight more months than mm-hmm. I would have, because I had smoothed out my voice and you know, and then, and then, the, and then the time came um, and It was hard for me. At first, I remember being sort of like distraught, like, oh, man, this can't be happening. Like, I've done this for so long now. Um, You know, it's like been a part of my life. But then I realized, wait a second, this was the first voiceover role that I booked. This was the first one. Gumball was the first one. And there's so many more out there. And if Gumball was the first one, what does that say about how much I've worked and, and what I've learned and how much I've gained from the experience? And I realized that there's so much more that I can do. And this isn't the end. You know, yeah. it's the end of Gumball, but it's not the end. I had to look at like the bigger picture. And uh, and yeah, and then there came Dragon's Rescue Riders and then many more.
0: So we'll get to Dragon's Rescue in just a second. But when, yeah, yeah. when you were talking about, you know, there's many more out there. There's more fish in the mm-hmm. sea. That that thing that every parent tells you when you get your first crush, and then they inevitably dump you, or you dump them. Ah, oh, there's plenty yeah. out there. Um, if you had your hand, I need to get a button for this podcast, it's like a power button or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. if you had Your hand on the button, and you could have any voice acting role, any character whatsoever, from past, present. We always can't Ooh. do future because we don't know what's going down. What would be a couple of them if you couldn't just pick one? What two or three voice roles you'd love to have?
1: okay okay um i think i would have to go with existing ones because i could make up stuff all day Um, but if i were to go with a couple um i would say first michelangelo from ninja turtles okay um i'm a big martial artist too i'm almost a third degree black belt in taekwondo oh very
0: nice
1: one stripe away (laughs) but a lot of i mean obviously my reasons for doing martial arts now has changed from the reason back then, which was Ninja Turtles and yeah. Dragon Ball. So <laughs> I was like, I want to do what they do. Yeah. Um, so I would say that um, I would also say, uh, there we go. Dragon Ball uh, Prince Vegeta, the Prince of all the Saiyans, uh, <laughs> That's dude, good, man, how or maybe how- trunks how- from dragon from, uh, from the future saga.
0: How, how, how often have you been doing Vegeta? Like, I, I got to say, you're driving a <laughs> fucking car. It takes, yeah. I, was, I was stationed out in San Diego for the longest time. So I know the traffic scene out there in LA and everything. Whew. So you're just driving. How many times have you broken out Vegeta because somebody cut you off? Because it sounds <laughs> like that one came from a dark place. <laughs> funny you mention that because
1: when i'm driving one of like the things that i do to warm up going into the uh recording sessions is practicing the character singing along to songs that are on the radio <laughs> so like so that that's just one of the things i do and then if someone cuts me off which believe me it's gonna happen 100 percent of the time i uh i also use that chance to warm up as well and uh <laughs> Dude, I remember when I was a kid, I used to do um, prank calls, which, by the way, don't do that. It's such a scummy thing to do. (laughs) But (laughs) It was really funny at the time, because what I would do is I'd, like, call Pizza Hut or whatever. Like, it was the childish thing ever. And they'd be like, yes, Pizza Hut, how may I take your order? And I'd be like, hello, this is Prince Vegeta. I like one large chicken pot pie. Like, we don't sell those. I'm like... Oh, Kakarot! What do you want? And I'm like, all right, goodbye. <laughs> it was terrible, but I really no,
0: that, that's so much better because I used I used to do the same thing, and I'm not going to go into it because it is not uh, it wasn't anything crazy, but it, in today's day and age, uh, I would get crucified. But I would I would <laughs> call I would call the the Chinese place, uh, and I would go to this place almost every single day. I would save up my money. All Uh week. And that's all I would eat for lunch because school lunches sucked, man. Um, But there was a Chinese place. And then for 425, you could go and get, you know, whatever you wanted at this Chinese restaurant. So I always go and get the same thing. Pork egg, foo young, white rice, extra gravy. Right. So I would go down there and I would call ahead and I would just sit there and ask him the wildest shit. And this is before, ladies and gentlemen, before caller ID um You should have known better. I'm pretty sure you grew up with a fucking cell phone. Okay, yeah.
1: So (laughs) when I when I was, we actually did not have caller ID. I'd call on the home phone, so like (laughs) that was like hooked up to like a fax machine. If anyone even knows what that is, but there was no caller ID. um Now, do not do that because you will get caught so easy, and it's a really bad thing to do in the first place.
0: Well, I would would, (laughs) would call and I would. I would try to order these bogus things. I would just look stuff up on Google and shit or the internet back in the day. You know, this is like 2000, this is before you were born. I think Um, this is like 2002 ish, three ish, somewhere around there. Oh, I was born. Yeah. So I I mean, I was a little,
1: I was a little person,
0: but yeah, yeah, very little person. Um, And I would just ask for the most off the wall shit. And then eventually they started hanging up on me like halfway through, like I'd go to ask and then click. And then uh, my mom ordered from here on a friday night this is when blockbuster was still open we went and got blockbuster we ran oh yeah
1: blockbuster
0: yeah or a movie or something like that and then china kitchen was the name of the place free ad for china kitchen um but uh it was right there and uh she had called ahead and then she goes to order something she's like no we know it's you and then click i'm like what about and then my mom calls back. She's like, hey, I just tried to put in an order. Somebody said, we know it's you. And they hung up on me. Yeah, we get, a, we get a call from this number almost every single day calling fake stuff in. And we get upset with it. And we see your number. And then she was like, when was the last phone call you got? And then say they said, earlier today. And then she looks at me. Oh. And I'm like, oh, shit. And my mom had this. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you ever a wrestling fan. Um, but The Rock, right? And he would do this. Yeah. I can't do it. He would lift his one eyebrow up. boom boom, right there that was a look i would get but it would make my ass pucker so tight and she just looked at me and i'm like oh fuck it got real and i was like i'll call you guys right back needless to say (laughs) i got my ass whooped (laughs) i wasn't allowed to use the phone and i couldn't Mm -hmm. order china kitchen for at least a month is what she is what i remember um
1: that was caller id
0: that's that was was caller color ID, that and, and I didn't know about it because it was just like I'm a dumb kid. We didn't have caller <laughs> yeah. we we ID. Well, still no, you don't think phone. anything's gonna
1: happen. Oh, it's like, cool. oh, I'm on the phone. What's gonna happen? They're gonna reach through. It's like nobody cares.
0: I mean, right? If, right? if they knew I was only like less than a quarter mile down the street, they probably would have came and jumped us. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't even know where we were really going or why I told that story, other than just don't call people prank call people yeah uh,
1: i yeah uh, i think it started with uh i did a vegeta oh we you were like what characters would you want to oh. do yeah that's right
0: there you go um and you <laughs> brought up one that you're doing now for netflix man you want to talk about that one for a little bit
1: yeah sure so uh dragons rescue Riders is a dreamworks show on netflix and it takes place in the How to Train Your Dragon universe, which I'm a huge, huge fan of. I grew up reading all the books, watching all the movies, um, didn't watch the show as much, but I was still like heavily into the lore. And, um, and I remember when I got this call and I was super stoked and really excited uh, and I auditioned for Axel Fink, who is a human in the dragons universe. And they ended up actually modeling him to look like me. Uh, he's like this blonde blue eyed kid. Uh, and he's pretty much a con man. He, um, he's not really on like the evil side of the good side, even though his like biological, like heritage comes from Magnus Fink, the, uh, the evil genius. He's his uncle basically. So like, that's who I am usually with in the show but there are times where I team up with the rescue writers who are basically like the superheroes of the Island. they are two human twins, Dak and Layla, and they live with a family of dragons Um, and Axel. uh, He's sort of like, I like to quote Chris Pratt's uh, star Lord in this a lot. He's a little bit of good and a little bit of bad, a little bit of both. You don't really know what he's up to. He sort of got his own agenda, right? Um, He basically just sides with any, side that'll benefit him yeah pretty much and in the end yeah basically and in the end all he really wants is just a dragon for himself but we don't really know why um it's kind of led to believe like maybe he just wants to be loved yeah. Or maybe he's just a power hungry madman. You know, nobody knows, World but
0: nomination is one of the two yeah. love nomination or or domination or
1: being loved, but yeah, you know. in either way, he's an unpredictable, really, really fun role to play. Unpredictability is like, if that's a word unpredictability.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and write it down and I'll check out. Okay.
1: All right. <laughs> Basically those types of roles are really fun to play because you don't have any rules to follow. You can just do pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why Mark Hamill has such a blast all the time and his voiceover work. Uh, but yeah, that's Dragons Rescue Riders, And you can watch it on Netflix. We have seasons one and two out right now. And we got more on the way, but I'm not sure when exactly they're coming out yet. But they are.
0: That was, uh, I saw my first How to Train Your Dragon movie. Um, the third one, me and my kid before covid um, mm-hmm. you know we would get out I would get our work on certain days about the same time he would get out of uh, school so we would just go and then there was a movie theater right down the street and we would see yeah. whatever was in the theater that was like our our little bonding thing or that little thing that we did uh, together because my wife just not a, she likes movies but you know it's just she don't like the same shit we like so <laughs> that was just something that me and him could go and do and yeah. uh, he was like dad 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 how to Train Your Dragon 3 is out. Can we go see it? And I'm like, sure. I, I've never seen the other two. It was just not a movie that I thought I would like, right? So I just push it right. off. Like, yeah, we'll go to it. We go there. And then I'm pretty sure it's been out long enough. And the, the details are a little uh, blurry here. But I remember him giving the dragon or the dragon and him like separating away, you know, um, at mm. the end of this movie, spoiler alert um and yeah
1: yeah for those of you who haven't seen the movie yeah it's
0: been at least a year i think you know but yeah people get upset when you talk about game of thrones that ended what fucking two years ago at this point um but i digress <laughs> uh and it was that scene where they kind of like went their own way and it was it was like a grow-up story type of thing it uh-huh. was like, you know everybody has that one friend that you know they fall in love with somebody and then you're no longer you're still best friends but everything's changed and mm. you start seeing this and i'm like oh man and I'm stone cold sober watching this. I'm like, Oh man, this is really, you know, it hit me here. And then like they split and and then, you know, what happens happens in the movie. I won't spoil it, you know, for anybody else, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I start like my, eyes start getting all glassy and shit and my kid is like the perfect person to like rib, and by rib, I mean, just like make fun of you type of thing. And he's <laughs> done it to me twice on two movies, this one. And then the other one was the um, into the spider verse movie. Yeah. Uh, it's the, scene oh. with Stan, it's the scene with Stan Lee and he was talking about he'll grow into a mask and he's like, you'll know when you know. And it's right uh, after Stan had died and I and my, my fucking uh, eyes were all watery and shit. And he's like, yeah. Dad, are you crying? And the same thing at, at uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3. He's like, Dad, are you crying? I'm like, shut up. Don't look at me right now. Look at the movie. We're here for the movie, not for what Dad's doing. And he's like, you're crying. And I'm like, jesus shut up you're gonna you're gonna make me get pointed out here in, in the theater being the only big fucking six foot two dude sitting here like, crying over an animated you're crying <laughs> and then you know we get home and then for both movies you know my wife was home right after and she was like uh, what'd you guys think of the movie i was like oh it's a great movie and my, my kid walks and he's like yeah but dad cried and I'm like shut up Quit killing <laughs> <everybody.">
1: <laughs> It reminds me of that one episode of beavis and butthead where it's like they're watching uh some like dramatic black and white like french noir movie and it's like this really dramatic scene and beavis is like he's eating like a chili dog but it's got an onion in it so he starts crying at that exact moment (laughs) and but it's just like whoa are you crying (laughs) for like the rest of the episode it's like it has like time cards like three weeks later one month later 50 years later (laughs) but it's just like you were totally crying (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> another show that's coming back and you got a really good yeah. for that one i mean it's crazy how much shit is coming back um and Dude, I i'm so,
1: so excited for that
0: I'm i so hope it hilarious. lasts longer than the last one uh my favorite episode from like yeah. the last reboot was uh twilight was real big i guess when when they were doing it so they're like he's like chicks are into werewolves right so (laughs) that's right they go and get bit by a homeless dude they end up getting like hepatitis c they're all sitting (laughs) on the couch they're barely hanging on to life and uh they didn't turn into a werewolf needless to say but i'm glad one's coming back because king of the hill mike judge fantastic creator oh one of the great
1: funny dude Um, and i think like the new beavis abutted is supposed to be like making fun of the modern era so it's supposed to be like making fun of like youtubers tiktok like all the popular things and that sounds so funny dude and they still have their like acdc metallica (laughs) t-shirts on
0: (laughs) i hope i hope that's what they do because it's it's south park is probably the funniest cartoon i don't I don't even know if it's considered a cartoon or animation is completely different than cartoons, but it's one of the funniest cartoons and they take something every year and they, I don't know how they do it and stay topical and yet stay funny. I mean, uh, what was it? PC principle was one of the funniest. Fucking yeah. Ever seen. Oh in my, my life. God. Um, and then ah, man, we could just sit here and talk about all that crazy shit forever. But um it's just fantastic funny trey parker and matt St- matt stonia uh Dude. fucking geniuses
1: the um, whole food secretly being an alien civilization <laughs> love that it's so funny i don't they just like it, it, it's like it's like these hypotheticals they just like pull out of thin air i don't know how they do it it's so funny man
0: well did you see how they how this is when, when family guy and what was it, fucking simpsons and south park were all fighting for dominance yeah. In, you know, mid 2000s or mid 2000s, or Family well,
1: Guys, not funny. They just take <laughs> cutscenes and they do not cut. Come-
0: <laughs> How the fuck do you work and do all these voice acting roles? I mean, I cook for a living essentially, and I do this for fun. Uh-huh. Um, and there's days where I can't remember my own name. You're fucking pulling lines from a cartoon <laughs> that happened at least eight, nine, ten years ago. And you're still fucking working. I mean, I guess it's got to be young brain, man. You can just absorb and keep everything.
1: Let me let you in on a little secret. It's a little thing called YouTube and <laughs> recommended algorithms and just like these short clips that just pop up. And I'm like, sure, I'll watch that. So I'll like watch YouTube. it like 10 times in a row.
0: All right. I got YouTube. It's written down there on the bottom. So I got YouTube. Sweet. start doing that one from now on just so I can stay relevant and topical. <laughs> uh honestly not a place with all these young kids. Um but yeah, uh with 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 all the stuff that you've done, right? Because you you've done Goldbergs, you've done gumball, you've done dragons, right, man. What mm. one would you say you got to like let your hair down the most in and just have just off the wall fun? Was it gumball?
1: Oh gumball, absolutely, one hundred percent. Because that was like that that I would say that is the first like lead character that I booked and Gumball is so colorful in his personality. He's just at times unpredictable. And that was like one of the few roles where I just let loose, you know, just like anything could go. And I remember I would improvise like crazy. Um, and they would animate around my, um, improv. There was one line, um, Oh, man, I can't remember the name of the episode But it was um, it, it was probably something like The school pet or something like. For those of you are watching, you could find it, it It's when uh, Gumball and Darwin Babysit Chris Morris, the uh, the school Pet, like he's like this little hamster But he's disgusting, he's like this Old like raggedy Hamster and I remember like he gets let loose In the school and Gumball and Darwin Have to try and find him like they're hunting him Down at the school And I remember when I was recording that episode, I was like, well, Gumball's a cat. Like, shouldn't he be able to smell him out? So I had this one line where I was like, you can't hide forever, Chris Morris. And then I said, I can smell you. And I remember they animated around that. They actually kept that and they animated where when I say that Gumball's eyes turn into like these cat eyes from like the thriller, like they're like (laughs) yellow with like the, the black like slashes in them whoa, I didn't know they were going to do this. Like I found out when I watched the episode Um, and I, it was like, and it came down to the point where it's like, this is not to sound arrogant or anything, but like, it's called, you know, the amazing world of gumball. This is starring gumball. So I should be allowed to let loose. And um, it was so much fun, man. It was a really, really great time. I learned a lot. I'm very humbled by it. I've learned everything I know about voice acting from doing it. Mm. I got to work with so many amazing people that I still keep in touch with to this day. Um, It was truly a blessing. Really, really great, like pretty much once in a lifetime opportunity.
0: What was it like? Were you going to school when you were doing gumbo, when you were hot and heavy in gumbo? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in middle school.
0: What was that like, man? Because I got to imagine it was fucking bananas.
1: Yeah, it was, it it got, it, it, here's the thing. I was always um, a really good student. I would always like pay attention and stay on task and everything. And I, and I, I had to, to be an actor because I had to keep my grades up. I had to stay on task and focus on my work because if I were to fall behind and I'm already like, I already have like a career, I'm already going out to work. And if I fall behind on the schoolwork, then that's going to go downhill. And what I would have to do is I would like have to know what days I would be working Mm. on set and I'd have to get my work ahead of time. And um, pretty much voiceover wise, I never did school on set because that would only take about a couple hours to do a full episode because they don't have to like go through angles and shots and takes. It's just the mic. Mm -hmm. Uh, But on set like Goldberg's or True Blood, um, that was where I had to do school work because it would take like all day. I'd miss all all day, like days of school pretty much. And um I think I don't know if the laws have changed now, but when I was a kid and I had to do school on set, it was like six hours of school work. Like I had a like uh they called it banking hours. I had to do six hours of schoolwork on set. And then for the rest of the time there I would work or I would like take breaks. Like I would work school, work, school, like I'd interchange throughout the day. Um, And it wasn't until I think I was like uh, maybe 15 or 16 when I took what's called the Chesapeake, Mm -hmm. which is this test that pretty much anyone can take um, to get their high school diploma early. So um, I took, I still finished high school, you know, I I mean, education is very important to me. um, But I took that and then then I passed. And then when I had that, I didn't have to do school work on set anymore. I could do it on my own time. So then that way it would be easier. So that's how I managed to make that easier. Um, But before it got pretty difficult at some times. And I remember my teachers, uh, I'm really grateful to have had teachers that were very um, willing to work with me. They were, they were very, very helpful. And they would sometimes joke with me like, how do you do this, man? (laughs) Like, (laughs) how are you not crazy already
0: (laughs) did you uh did you have a darwin in school did you guys ever just (laughs) you i gotta imagine you got to have a friend just as close as gumball and and darwin were
1: oh yeah. yeah oh yeah um i i totally did um i i had a darwin in middle school um i had a darwin in high school i think everyone has their own darwin yeah um but really, the truest Darwin to me is Terrell Ransom Jr., who voices Darwin Waterson. He is one of my best friends to this day. Um, we truly are, like, quote-unquote, brothers. Um, man, it's so crazy. Like, I'm just, like, going down memory lane right now, and I'm realizing, like, wow, all these friendships that came along the way, too. Like, it's not just the work that went with it. It's it's the relationships that I built along the way too. And like, those never go away.
0: Oh, I mean, it's great. It's you, you meet people. And if, if I could give anybody advice um, and I try to as much as possible, because I fucked up like most people have a lot in my life and, but you learn more from fucking up than you really do nailing something with the exception of you and gumball. So don't hold that against me unless you're knocking something out of the park first first bat you know it, it's very <laughs> weird that happens um
1: no but, i've definitely had my fair share man i i you definitely yeah you're totally right totally yes. right
0: so it, it's it's if if i could give any advice man it's always build bridges where you can don't burn those fuckers down you I mean, build them no. force them four to five keep getting all the like be a people collector and i don't mean that in a bad mm-hmm. way like you know um oh shit i was gonna do a great Silence of the Lambs reference here. Um, Buffalo Bill. Uh, Buffalo Bill. Was it Buffalo Bill? Buffalo Bob. Can't remember now at this point.
1: Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying collect people like that guy, but, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, just collect as many as you can because you never know what doors are really going to be open, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's nice to see, you know, the younger generation, you're not that much younger than me, but a younger generation really just enhancing and there's always room at the table for everybody right you just got to make a little bit of room and everybody can really come up together you know yep um you know going back to the gumball though what was your favorite what was your favorite scene with darwin and what was your favorite episode that was you know kind of hanging around darwin
1: oh okay um a
0: little bit too easy so
1: yeah yeah i think my favorite scene with our favorite episode with darwin um would be the bros that was one of the very first episodes that i did and what it's about is pretty much gumball in the previous episode the shell uh gumball finally became boyfriend and girlfriend with penny Mm -hmm. and um and darwin is very jealous of that (laughs) because before it was just gumball and darwin now it's gumball and darwin but mostly penny and not so much darwin anymore And so Darwin's kind of, like, going through this phase, like, he's trying to accept reality, but he can't, and he just really wants to be hanging out with his brother all the time, and that's just not the case. So they come, Gumball and Darwin come to a point where Gumball realizes, like, oh, man, I've actually been a jerk, though, because I really should be spending more time with my brother, and I have a brother uh, in real life, and that really hit home for yeah. me and um it's just it really highlighted the importance of just like you know maybe even have like a sister like it's just the importance of like really close sibling bonds yeah. and it was a very wholesome and sweet episode i really like that episode
0: and thank you for sharing that man what was your i don't want to say best experience with it but what do you think you got most out of gumball when you sit back and look at it
1: Oh just the experience of like how to do voiceover um, there's a lot of technical stuff that goes along with it. it's like I actually have like my own studio mic in front of me there's like certain ways to work it like you can't hit it you have to be like a certain distance from it um, you can't turn away from it you always have to be acting in front of it and then like looking up at like a screen um, sometimes I have to do like pickups where they've already animated around my original lines but maybe there was like a slur maybe they want to add um and by slur I mean like I slurred my words not yeah, yeah. anything else but oh yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> or maybe you know there was like they wanted to add something new or there's like um a sound that I gotta make like a surprise like a shock or something um there's a certain skill to that as well there's like timing where you have to like speak like syncing up with the the lip movements basically. Um, and all that difficult stuff I learned from doing gumball. It was my first thing. I did it for four years. Um, and that's, that's what I'm most grateful for because like I could do gumball, but I could also do gumball, then gain the experience from doing it and then use that experience to do other roles. And if I didn't have that experience, then I probably wouldn't be where I am now.
0: Well, I mean, that's a fantastic, you do not seem like you're fucking 18 years old, man. You seem, <laughs> I got to, I got to attribute it to either you just being super self-conscious about what's going on around you, which you don't see. I mean, shit, I was retarded and I don't mean it like that boys and girls. So I was just very stupid for the longest time. I mean, until at least two years ago, when I really pulled my head on my ass, I really started thinking about stuff differently. I mean, like I said, you seem very well grounded at such a young age. I mean, is it? parenting i mean what is it man because it seems like they raised you right
1: <laughs> well thank you thank you yeah. um it's definitely majority of that has to do with parenting um my dad was an actor before me so he knows the ins and outs of the industry um and at some points the industry you know can be dangerous yeah. um but he he and both and both my mom you know the both of them really um, guided me through like growing up in this adult world. I was a kid when I started. Yeah. Um, but also a lot of it has to do with like what I just said, growing up in an adult world. I was five when I started acting, but this is a very mature profession. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying I was like Einstein when I was six, <laughs> but like growing up, I had to, I had to learn how to carry myself professionally and, and be level-headed and calm and, you know, under pressure. And, uh, and yeah, a lot of that just came with it. Also like, you know, if like public speaking or like knowing how to talk to people came from that, cause like, uh, in auditions and performing, I mean, performing, there we go. Performing, um, I would perform in like large in, in front of large amounts of people, um, at such a young age. So I, I never really was like nervous to do anything in front of a lot of people because, yeah. I grew up at such a young... When we're young, we're not nervous to do that, but I grew up continuously doing that. Um, so a lot of it comes from just being an actor and learning the industry.
0: Well, when... when oh, shoot, I had a thought there, sorry. Uh, so when you were doing <laughs> such, at such a young age, what do you... Can you point out like the the spot or the point? Was it a movie TV show? Was it something or was it just your dad where that, that, that bug bitch you that you're like, ah, shit, I want to get into Hollywood. I want to do this for a living.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's pretty interesting. I, w- like I said, I started when I was five. So like I never really grew up knowing that I wanted to be an actor. Cause like I only had four years of my life, whole <laughs> life before that. And I didn't really think wrong, about what I wanted to do years. at all. Yeah. Um, but i remember my how i got into it and it was uh one fateful day my <laughs> dad and i were uh setting it up Ooh, flashback my dad was running errands and i was with him and uh, at the time he was still an actor and he was like i just got to stop by my agency you know i had no idea what that was yeah. um i don't even think he told me that he was just like one more errand buddy <laughs> or something and we just stopped by his agents um and I'm just like sitting in the office. I'm playing with toys or whatever. I probably had a Marvel action figure in my hand, knowing me at that time. And uh, and the agents looked over at me and they're like, "Is that your son?" And my dad's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and they're like, "Who is he? Like, does he want to act? Like, does, has he ever you thought just
0: about that?" Random he... kid I found on the side of the road. Yeah. Wall. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like nice nah, i don't know uh and ralph's so i figured he want to ride <laughs> you know, so. i thought he was with you
1: uh <laughs> and 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 they were like does he want to act and i and i like shot up and i was like sure what's acting right yeah. that was me at that age i was like i want to try everything i was very i was like an adventurer you know yeah. and um and i and i Tried it. I, I I signed with them. My dad coached me. I went to like other like coaching lessons, you know, uh workshops. And uh and and yeah, it all went from there. And at the time when I was a little kid, to me, it was like playing pretend. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you're pretending to be like a superhero or you know, like a wizard or whatever, you know and it was like the coolest thing in the world to me because it's like, I I, I can be anything I want. Yeah. And, and then like growing up and like learning the industry, I realized, I think, I think it was probably around the time when I got true blood, which was like mm-hmm. the first big thing I got. Um, I was nine. I played uh, Alexander drew like this really powerful vampire. And at that time I was like, yeah this is what i want to do because like (laughs) this is so cool you know and and then it just went from there and i really like focused on it and made it like this is this is what i want to do this is going to be my career pretty much
0: now what did your mom you brought up your mom but what what did your mom do Mm -hmm. was she in the acting world as well or
1: yes um she uh she was the one that was with me everywhere I went. She was in the acting in, uh, world as well before I was, and um, and she knew the ins and outs as well. And and my dad like had a job at the time, so like he he wasn't able to like take me to like all these auditions and everywhere because he was busy, you know, supporting the family and everything. But my mom um, was the one who, you know, man, I would not be where I am without her I mean that's that if I could sum it up in one sentence that would be it she took me to all my auditions she helped me prepare for all of them she was there when I booked them you know she would drive me there keep me safe make sure I was safe all the time you know because like I said man especially when you're like a child actor this industry can at some points get kind of dangerous and um you know if you don't have you know those guardians that like are there with you all the time you know but thankfully i i did i did i i my mom was there my dad uh came with me a lot too just not as much um yeah. i don't want to like preface it like he didn't at all No,
0: no, because no, no,
1: he it. definitely did um but yeah I, w- I was heavily influenced by them especially in the voice um not voice acting, but like the acting yeah. uh, world and um yeah, I wouldn't be where I am without either of them pretty
0: much. So that's, that's fantastic, man. Uh, thank you. You mentioned something really early on and I wanted to get back to it. Uh, yeah. cause it's something I had told my son cause my son's a huge, like I said, a huge fan of gumball and, uh, he's does karate and you, you do Taekwondo. Yeah. Yeah. What, what age did you get into Taekwondo? Uh,
1: nine. That was actually around the time I, uh, got true blood. Um, i had grown up i i I think i said this like early on in the podcast but i grew up on like TMNT and dragon ball so like martial arts was like whoa to me (laughs) when i saw that i was like people can move like that yeah that's insane you know i was like i want to do that um and i got into taekwondo which um it's different from karate it's it's mostly kicking there is some striking in it but it's a lot a lot of kicking and um and i've been doing it for nine years now um almost a third degree just one more test one more belt (laughs) test one more stripe and i'm there um and yeah and i've been doing it ever since and i love it to to death it's when I when I first started, it was more or less like me being a fanboy. But as I really got into it and um, I really got good at it, because I w- I was just practicing every single day, going to the dojo every single day. It it kind beca- it kind of became like a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And there's like a certain discipline that goes along with it, a very like humbling <laughs> discipline that goes along with it. You know, they teach you um, if you have the right sensei. Um, I don't want you to go to. Uh, Cobra Kai or anything. Definitely find Over something Kai's that's a fantastic
0: so- show, by the way.
1: <laughs> it is. But uh, the sensei's there, not so much. Uh, you got to uh, learn...
0: <laughs> Johnny's a fantastic... If you take out the context of him calling his students, you know, don't be a pussy or... Uh, <laughs> Or he calls the guy that has a cleft palate. What do you fucking call him? A monster or some sh- I don't know. My kid's been watching that. Like we've watched. Oh, like he calls him times. Lip. Like he just yeah, calls him there Lip. There you go. And he, yeah. he he's transformed into Hawk, man. I mean, it's just. Yeah, a- there you go. See if you can book that show. Cause it'd be fantastic. Uh- <laughs> Dude, that is the dream.
1: Um, but yeah, like my, my point into getting into all that was like, find something that's like Miyagi-Do, where you learn the true heart of the martial arts as well. It's not all about um strike first strike hard no mercy you know there's there's an honor to it there's there's you know you learn how to fight basically basically how it's put is you learn how to fight so you don't have to Yep. pretty much you don't go out to start fights deliberately you learn how to defend yourself defend the people you care about um there's like a justice that goes along with it too um and that's where like the the lifestyle that i mentioned comes into it and i really like that Uh, i i like learning how to be strong but not for yourself but more or less for the people you care about
0: yeah i mean it's it's funny how how much things are the same yet things are different right so that's yeah. how my kid got into kempo karate we were watching that 2012 series that we talked about earlier for the ninja turtles yeah like man those dudes move weird i'm like yeah the they're, they're ninjutsu right they're ninjas and he was like can i go to school to be a ninja and i'm like i don't know about like 100 percent ninja <laughs> <laughs> but you could learn some shit. And then we signed him up for karate and he just earned his purple yeah. belt a few weeks ago. Um, and
1: uh, it, Oh, that's but, awesome.
0: Yeah. So it, it's weird because you said the same thing and then the kid has the same thing. And then I tried the same thing when I was like maybe six or seven. And then mm. I can't remember if I got kicked in the nose. And it was a very grazing like nose type oh. of hit. It was either a kick or a punch. And I remember my eyes just watering up because it's as soon as you get hit in the nose, your eyes just start to you know Ooh, water. Yeah. And I remember just wanting to like hit this dude with a stick instead of like just popping a karate chop or a kick or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: You like, just want to beat the crap out I, of him. I was like,
0: I did just see rage. And I'm like, ah, well this sport is not for me. And luckily I just went to basketball because you know, I didn't get kicked in the face anymore. Um, elbows <laughs> a couple times, but not, not really kicks and shit, man. I got
1: um, some stories for you.
0: Ooh. Yeah. did you you do tournaments or was it i did
1: i did and i still do i still do um i i have a couple i have a couple where i got hit really hard and but both of them are like polar opposites of what happened after i got hit and it just shows like how much i learned i remember um when i was going to i i've gone to two dojos um now i go to ultimate taekwondo Mm and burbank if anyone's interested, uh, but <laughs> just giving them a shout out, you know. Um, but the first one I went to doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But um, the first one I went to, I remember there was this. Um, there was this girl there, and I won't like say her name or anything. Yeah. I'll keep everything kind of incognito. But uh, and not she wasn't. I don't want to like build it up like she was like this really mean person. She was a very very nice person, yeah. but if i'm trying to like find like a character to like compare her to she was so serious and like a badass pretty much like she okay yeah oh and android 18 there you go she was she was android 18 like carbon copy she was so she was like really fit and she was so serious and she was really really good at martial arts she's so fast and so strong and she was like I want to say like five belts ahead of me. (laughs) So she was definitely way better than me. And I remember sparring her Mm -hmm. at the dojo wasn't at a tournament. It was just like sparring, you know, one-on-one and, and, you know, we were fully decked out in gear. So it's not like we were just like going ham into beating each other up. Um, But I remember um, like one of the most powerful Taekwondo moves is a back kick Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, this is your front leg, back leg. You turn around and like kick him with your back leg like a a mule kick. Like a a piston, you know. And it's a really strong kick if done properly. And she pulled it off on me. And I remember just like pow, just like it just like exploded in my ribs. And I was like, I sat like flying like three feet back and I landed on my ass. And I got back up and I was like. Ow. I was like really hurting. I was like 11 at that time and she was like maybe 15 or something. Like she really had the upper hand on me. Um and I remember going back home and I was like crying. I was like I don't want to do this anymore. And my mom who um you know, she told me uh she sat me down and she talked to me. She says, you know, I went through a similar experience as well. I was like, "What do you mean?" Like you got kicked in the ribs too? <laughs> she said, no. She no. <laughs> yeah. She said, no, but you know, my mom, when she was younger was a professional dancer mm-hmm. and dancing is another form of art. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very, very hard, very oh, yeah. hard to do a lot of discipline to go along with it. And she told me that she had a teacher that was super hard on her and she was, and this teacher was harder on my mom than anyone else. And my mom and she told me that she went home one day and she was crying. She said she doesn't want to do it anymore. It's unfair, you know. And then my grandmother sat her down mm-hmm. and told her, you know, the reason why your teacher is being so hard on you is because you are the best one in there. Mm-hmm. And she she believes in you and she wants the best for you. And she said, you don't just give up on things because they're hard you do them because they're hard. Oh yeah, And, and my mom like had like a pinnacle at that moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. And then, and then she told me, and my mom told me the same thing. And then I had that pinnacle I'm like, yeah, that's, that's why I'm doing it. I'm not training in martial arts because it's easy. Like if it was easy, anyone could do it. Yeah. I'm doing it because it's hard to learn. And it's more gratifying when you learn all these really hard things. And And I learned from that and I learned how to deal with that type of pain. And if you get hurt sparring, it's not like you just start whining. It's, it's like this pain will make me stronger in the end, you know? And so flash forward, like I would say maybe this is definitely before COVID. I think it was like in March or February. Um, It was this year. Um, I remember we went to this tournament uh, my uh, my dojo and I, there's like a select few of students from my dojo that were allowed to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was one of them. And I remember I was warming up and I saw this guy and he stood out to me because he was warming up for the uh, sparring part of the competition. Yeah. But he was really good. Mm-hmm. And he stood out to me because he was he was like a monster, man. Like the moves he would pull off while he was practicing was insane. And I knew in my head, I'm going to fight this guy. Yeah. I'm I'm going to I'm going to spar this guy. And I don't and I don't know how I knew it, but it's like out of all like the hundreds of people that are competing in this thing, I don't know how I knew it, man, but I was like I'm going to end up fighting this guy. <laughs> and I, I I I kid you not. The very first match that I get is against that guy. Mm. And I was like I knew it. I don't know how I knew it, but I knew I was going to fight this guy. And my my you know, my teammates are not teammates i would say but like my my friends fellow martial artists are like pumping me up with like you got this man you know you're gonna beat him and i was like i knew i was gonna fight this guy and i was telling him i was like i don't know how i knew this but i knew it in my gut and they're like what what are you talking about just get in there (laughs) and i go in and i was like all right i knew i was gonna fight him i just i just got like this gut feeling and i'm gonna give it my all um and i remember fighting the dude and i was doing pretty good um whoever gets to like 20 points wins and there's three rounds whatever gets to 21st wins and i remember it was like i was seven and he was eight like we were almost tied i remember and uh and i remember like it was like a it was like a flash a blackout and then i came to so here's what happened his (laughs) leg goes up So like the bottom leg and the top leg are like this, just like a perfect straight line. So flexible. And the top leg just comes down on my face. And I remember, and like, they're not kidding when they say you black out. It was like, it was like black. Literally, I couldn't see anything. And then a second later I came to, and what happened was I just kind of like stumbled back and I came to, Mm -hmm. and the ref came over to me. He was like, one, two, you know, he's counting. And I was like, I'm good. I'm good. And I keep telling him over and over, I'm good. But then I realize, wait, my mouth's not working. I'm not saying anything. It was all in my head. So then I finally just kind of like snapped out of like, no, no, wait, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And the ref's like, okay, okay. All right. Calm down. And he's like, show me your fist. I'm like, I show my fist. That means like, you're ready to get back in. And I got back in and, um, and I was about to go in and right as we're about to resume the fight, the ref's like, stop, stop. I was like what happened what's going on and the ref like comes up to me and like looks at my eye he's like yep you're bleeding <laughs> I was like no wait I don't feel anything I can still fight and like no you're bleeding from like the top yeah. like the blood's going to get in your eye and plus you, your eyes like swelling up and turning purple <laughs> and so I was like ah oh, man that sucks I was really I was really mad not that I had gotten hit like before i wasn't gonna you know whine like i don't want to do this anymore you know i was mad that i wasn't able to continue the fight and that's how much i had grown at that point and and the guy that i was fighting i remember um when i was like no i can still fight i can still fight he was like whoa like this kid's for (laughs) real he wants to still fight me. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. And so like the of course the fight was stopped. He won. And you know, we we you know fist bumped. It was all good. And I remember watching this guy fight the rest of his fights. Of course this guy won. He got yeah. gold medal. Of course the guy was a monster. But uh all the people that he fought were like were like crying and they're like I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like he kicked this one dude in the jaw and the guy like legit started crying <laughs> i was like man i used to be that guy <laughs>
0: well, i mean nothing nothing will break you out of uh like i don't want to be here more quite like an axe kid to the head axe kick to the oh, head dude split eye and a fucked up orbital bone uh, oh yeah like this guy um you know <laughs> we just hit that hour mark man like i said oh, this did- oh been- man Dude, it goes by quick, man. We just sit here, talk shit. We talked about Vegeta. and But there is one, one, <laughs> one, 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 one more question I want to ask. And I always try to end it mm-hmm. with, you know, the same one. I was trying to change it up just a little bit, depending on who I'm, uh, who I'm, I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, so since you are so young in your career, um, and that's not a knock against you at all, you just happen to be born when you were born. Um, <laughs> you've done what you've done, right? But if you had to choose between gumball, you could do one, one more time, Gumball or Prince Vegeta, right? If you had that button power, Whoa. right? Who are you going to take? Are you going to take and revisit Gumball or are you going to do the Prince of All Saiyans, Prince Vegeta?
1: I, I would say, um, here's the thing. <laughs> there would be Whatever. a time, there, would, there was a time where without hesitation, I would have said Gumball. Mm-hmm. But now that you know, it's been like four years later and, you know, I've grown. Um, I've learned that there's so many more opportunities out there than just one role. Mm-hmm. I would say Vegeta, not because I'm a huge like Vegeta fan. Of course it's part of it, but it's something new. It's a new opportunity. It's a new journey. Um, and I'm always down for like a new role. And of course if Gumball were to like come back, um, which I hope it does because they ended oh, no, on a no, cliffhanger, no. and I'm very upset with this cliffhanger, and everyone else is too. <laughs> I'm not the minority for saying that, <laughs> but if they were to come back and f- wrap it up in like a movie or something, I would 100 percent be down to do it. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 always looking forward to like the the next thing, you know.
0: So, so that's that's a good Prince mind- Vegeta all the way. <laughs> that's a good mindset to have, man. Like I said, especially. You know, if if we didn't do this face to face, there's no way in hell that I would have thought you were 18 years old, man. Like I said, hats off to your mom and dad for raising you right, man. You're a fantastic human being. Keep crushing it. Um thank you, man. Thank you. There, man. I appreciate it. Is there it. anything that uh we didn't discuss that you we can so- try to send some fans towards your way, movies, books, TV shows, anything that you're allowed to talk about?
1: Yes. Yes. Actually. Um, the, the one thing that we didn't quite get to is uh, a new movie that's coming out, I believe early next year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Carolina's calling. And, um, as, as, as far as like how much I can say about it, um, all I can pretty much say about it is it's a movie about the discovery of extraterrestrial life. ET, um, love it involves a lot of science, mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, sci-fi. It's a sci-fi alien movie. Um, I'm really excited about it. Um, and yeah, and I believe it's coming out early next year, if not like maybe December 2020, like late December. It's going to be around that time. Um, but I will be sure to update everyone. Let them know. Um, my Instagram is Hopkins Jake. My Twitter is Hopkins Jacob 5. And, and that's where I'll announce everything.
0: Beautiful man. Well, he has been Jacob Hopkins. I've been Julian with at in my head pod. It's on the bottom of the screen. We are out of time. Thanks, man. I really appreciate this. Uh, I don't know what just happened. Hold on. Somebody tried Uh-oh. to call. Uh Uh-oh. They always try to call whenever whenever I'm in a flow or this big state. <laughs> You're like, oh, man, fuck this guy. We're going to hit call. Anyways, nonetheless, we are out of time. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. You could have chose to do anything in the world, but you chose to do this, and I appreciate it, man. I'll see you when I see you, and I can't wait to have you back on down the road. You stay safe. Awesome, brother. Base. Take it easy. Thanks again for checking out the What's In My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.